Well, good morning <clears throat> to everyone, and happy fourth. So, ha happy fifth and sixth too, but particularly today, happy fourth. So, uh, <clears throat> I've got my something I rarely do. I'm going to use something on my phone here after a while, and I think I have it turned off. So, uh, <clears throat> if I don't, though, uh, and it rings, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. In the uh, study of the Beatitudes that we've been having, uh, we finally reached a place where <clears throat> Jesus is going to, in Matthew 6, where Jesus is going to talk about something that's very important to all of us, and I'm going I'm to slim it down into one word, worry. Okay? Anybody here ever been guilty of worry? Several weeks ago I asked if uh, we could remember and write down several things that we were worried about. And so uh, I'm going to just <clears throat> ask, I'm not going to go around to each of us, but uh, we don't have time for that. But let me hear from somebody one or two or three things that bothers you that seems to be a worry that kind of comes and stays rather than coming and going. So uh, anybody want to throw out a, Kim, you look Okay, all right. Got some, some prodigals, all right. I'll bet you several of us would have, would raise our hand on that, have some prodigals in your family that you're praying for, okay? That's, that's something that's uh, easy to get worrying about. Who else has something? Everybody else is worry-free. Praise the Lord. Well, some, somebody, think of something that uh, bothers you, that you're worried about from time to time. Dennis. Okay. Okay. You're right. That would be definitely <clears throat> a good one. Well, I'm going to. Uh, let's see. Any, any, any others? Anybody else want to throw? George. Uh, my income. Your income, finances. Okay. Anybody here ever worry about finances? Okay. All right. Well, there's lots of other things that we might be worried about. Uh, <clears throat> even though we have been Christians, many of us. From time to time, do you ever get plagued by worry about, am I really saved? Okay? All right, that's, <clears throat> that's something that uh, we can talk about. Because <clears throat> let me uh, read to you from uh, the Message Bible. And I can't tell you what, uh, it, it's in chapter 6, but I can't tell you a verse because this particular version doesn't have verses written down. So you've heard of modern-day English. Message Bible is about as modern day as you can get, okay, as far as uh, saying. So <clears throat> if you have a, another scripture, it's another version, it's about Matthew six twenty five. But I'm going to read it from this Message Bible. And it's kind of closing down one topic and going to another. He says, you can't worship two gods at once. <clears throat> Loving one god, you'll end up hating the other one. Adoration of one feeds contempt for the other. You can't worship God and money both. Now he can, he's going to change subjects here. If you decide for God, living a life of God worship, it follows that you don't fuss about what's on the table at mealtime or whether your clothes, clothes in your closet are in fashion. Now he uses the word fuss for what most translators put as worry. Okay. So whenever you think of worry, do you also think of fuss? To me, those really don't fit, but, you know, 
that's, that <clears throat> appeals to a lot of people here. They say, oh, yeah, yeah, fussing. Uh, it's just a word I didn't grow up with that much. Worry, yes. Fussing, no. But it, maybe it's becoming more popular because more people are doing it. I don't know. Okay. <clears throat> there is far more to your life than food you put in your, ma- in your stomach. More to your outer appearance than the clothes you hang on your body. Look at the birds, free and unfettered, not tied down to a job description, careless in the care of God. And you count far more to him than birds. Has anyone been fussing in front of the mirror, ever gotten taller by so much as an inch? All this time and money wasted on fashion, do you think it makes that much difference? Instead of looking at the fashions, walk out into the fields and look at the wildflowers. They never primp or shop. But have you ever seen color and designs quite like it? The ten best-dressed men and women in the country look shabby alongside them. If God gives such attention to the appearance of wildflowers, most of which are never seen, don't think he'll attend to you Take pride in you or do the best for you? What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax, to not be so preoccupied with getting so that you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things, but you know both God and how he works. Steer your life in God reality, God initiative, and God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Give your entire attention <clears throat> to what God is doing right now, and don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things that come up when the time comes. That's well said, isn't it? I love to uh, look at quotes, and I looked up a couple of quotes about uh, about worrying and uh, <clears throat> see if you uh, get anything out of this. Some quotes about worrying. You probably wouldn't worry so much about what people think of you if you really knew how seldom they think of you. <laughs> that would get your attention, wouldn't it? We cannot change the past or the future. We only have the now. Worrying is trying to carry tomorrow's load with today's strength. Sorrow looks back. Worry looks around. Only faith looks up. It's okay to be worried and scared. That means you're just about ready to do something really, really brave. (laughs) Times will change for the better when you change. Isn't that interesting? Okay, so Jesus has been speaking in Matthew 5 and 6, Sermon on the Mount, about things like laying up treasures in heaven, and now he's going to speak about the non-worrying life. I think these verses are a good collection and steps towards not being depressed and maintaining mental health. So, you might ask, what are your worries? 
I uh, subscribe to a little publication here from uh, Mayo Clinic, and uh, this month's topic is depression and worry. And uh, they give a little test. You've probably taken one of these at one time or another. It's a test that psychologists would give about <clears throat> what are you worried about and how is it affecting your health. Now, part of what we're seeing about worry, worry eventually, if not curtail, can affect your mental health and your physical health. Okay, Everybody knew that? I'm sure you've probably heard that many times. So here's a little test. And uh, it's nine short questions. And uh, the idea is that <clears throat> if you were to put down a, the, on the page, it has little places to check. If you have a certain number of checks, then you could be spilling over on the I'm worried too much side and it ultimately lead you into depression. Always, all of us have some of these all the time. What they're trying to test is to see if it's a stronghold. Okay. First question, you don't have to answer this out loud. Do you have little interest or pleasure in doing anything? <laughs> that, would, that would be pretty depressing. Are you feeling down, depressed, or hopeless? Number three, do you have trouble falling or staying asleep or sleeping too much? It can be a sign that leads to depression. Number four, feeling tired or having little energy. Number five, poor appetite or overeating. Six, feeling bad about yourself or that you are a failure or have let yourself or your family down. That can be a real mental plague. Number eight, moving or speaking so slowly that other people <coughs> would notice. Or the opposite, being so fidgety or restless that you have been moving around a lot more than usual. And finally, and this is the, the worst one of all, thoughts that you would be better off dead or hurting yourself in some way. Now, a lot of these serious things that we are aware of out there that happen to people start with uncontrolled worry, that you can't get beyond a problem and you don't know what to do. Now, when we think about when other translations say, take no worry or no thought for yourself, doesn't mean that you shouldn't think about your situation. So we need a balance here. There's a difference between worry and concern. Okay? You can be concerned about someone or yourself or something without getting into worry. But if you don't balance that concern with the Word of God and what the Holy Spirit can and will do on the inside, if we don't balance that, then we can get into worry. Excessive worry leads to all kinds of other things that we just mentioned. So, Jesus doesn't mean that we should not be concerned about important things in our life. There are certain times to think, to consider, and to take action about things that could harm us. Amen? It's right to think wisely. Christians should plan for the future, but they do not need to be anxious about it. Concern about things is biblical. Worry is futile. See how <clears throat> we can keep from crossing from wise planning and concern over to worry that steals your peace of mind. Scripture has a lot to say about that very thing. Worry can lead to other miserable things 
like stress and distress, even mental disorders. Maybe the best way to understand this is to call worry or fussing worrying anxiously, anxiety. Think about that. Have you been anxious uncontrollably about anything in the last week? And how did you help yourself? How did you try to get help? How did you try to get beyond that? Okay, Jesus is balancing using wisdom and knowledge of God as opposed to allowing your mind to be captured by something other than faith. To say, quote, I am constantly worried about this thing is at the same time declaring, I'm not trusting God. I don't think I've ever heard anybody say that. How are you doing? I'm not trusting God. You know, we keep that kind of secret on the inside. But we should recognize that if we are not using our faith, then we're not trusting God. Okay. Now, as people learn to walk in the Spirit, and as we are learning as Christian believers, we're learning to walk in the Spirit. We're learning not to rely on ourselves. We're learning to allow God to direct us, hopefully. So as people learn to walk in the Spirit, our new spirit, from the time we were born again, is seeking to rule and reign over our thought life. All right? The Holy Spirit on the inside is wanting to renew our minds. That's very much in Scripture. So renewing your mind means changing your minds about things. God has a way of life that he wants to impart to you, but you have to ask for it, and you have to begin to walk in it, and you have to believe it, and it's better than what this world offers, which is a lot of worry and miserable anxiety. Amen? Okay. Hopefully this is touching somebody. Isaiah 26 says, God will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are stayed upon him. That sounds like a pretty hard task. Is your mind stayed upon Jesus, upon God's word, upon what he is saying in the midst of your struggle or problem? The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, all these things, take time. You don't plant apple seeds and have apple pie the next day. Fruit is slow growing. It takes cultivating. It takes all of the things that you do to make it bear fruit. It takes weeding. It may take fertilizing. It takes watering. It takes some wisdom and some knowledge. But the idea of fruit is that it is a guaranteed produce of the seed, but at the same time, it's slow growing. So when do you start and where do you start to have your mind stayed upon the Lord? Okay, that's a good question. So we'll talk about it. There's two basic kinds of things that we worry about. Number one is things that you can't do anything about. Number two is things you can do something about. Number one, the things you can't do anything about, quit worrying about those things because you can't do anything about them anyway. (laughs) Right? We solved at least half of your problem right there. Christianity is not just a one-time event where you repent and believe and get promised heaven. It is a learning experience for the rest of your life. All right? 
Sometimes you may not know it, but there's things you've signed up for when you got saved that you didn't know when you signed up, all right? But God wants you to stay your mind on him. He wants us to do all kinds of things, to love, to have joy, peace, all these things that the world doesn't teach us. The world has its own scheme of living. Our, as our mind are renew, is renewed, that old way is burnt up and put away. We learn new. And one of the things is learning to have the peace of God on the inside. Now, worry, anxiety is a very powerful force in our world today. We could probably write down a list of dozens of things that we would be worrisome about. Uh, if, you do, if you're not worried about anything today, go home and watch the news. You'll find many things that you can be, I mean, you can just pick all kinds of different things that would drive you crazy if you, uh, <clears throat> if you rested on them too much. So having our minds renewed by the Holy Spirit is something <clears throat> that is going on in your life. And for it to work well, first of all, you've got to want it. You've got to ask God for it. He's not going to bully his way into your way of thinking. But the idea is for us to come to the point to where we realize God's way is better than my way. All right? So the word tells us how to do that. It is learning about being a kingdom subject and submitting to the Lord Jesus Christ. Living under his rule and word is being accomplished in you on earth as it is in heaven. Little by little, we're learning to walk in his spirit. We're learning to act like Jesus did. We're learning to speak like God would have us to speak. We're learning to relate to other people as God would have us to relate to other people. The idea of repentance means that there is a change of behavior on the inside of us, on the inside of me. That means that the ways that I used to think are no trespassing anymore. Don't go there. Don't go there. All right? The, th the things I used to worry about, I am not authorized by God to worry about those things anymore. I am, however, authorized and encouraged to trust in him and to learn to stay my mind on him. Okay? As I said, the idea of repentance means a change of behavior. That begins with faith. But if we continue in that faith, the change will show up outwardly, not just on the inside and in our minds. Jesus remembered that God cares for not only people, but also for the basic needs of our people. He talks about food and clothing and all these things. Food and drink and clothing. <clears throat> Those are the basics of life. God promises that as we seek him and walk in him, God cares about us and takes care of these things. He says, if, <clears throat> he says <clears throat> in one of the verses that was just read from the uh, Message Bible, if God clothes the creation, clothes the creation, which may seem insignificant to us, then why wouldn't he care for us, the only thing in his creation that he says he created in his image? Think about that. Now, 
I'm going to tell you a, story, a childhood story. My, growing up, my dad was in the restaurant business, but his big hobby was flowers. We had two big, huge, humongous greenhouses in the backyard. And he had, this, he had some unique flowers. He had lots and lots of orchids. He had a particular unique flower that was a type of cactus called a night-blooming cirrus. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of those. A night-blooming cirrus is a weird plant. It grows up a vine, and per plant, on the average, once a year blooms. Now, the bloom is so incredible that people gather from all over just to see it. It is a plant that you can look that up in the, and see pictures of it online, Night Blooming Cereus, C-E-R-E-U-S. It is a plant that starts out, excuse me, a bloom that starts out like this, and on the one night per year, it begins to open up when the sun goes down. And it opens up more and more through the night, and by dawn, it's dead. Very weird thing. But it is the most beautiful shade of white and yellow that you probably have ever seen someplace else. Now, my dad used to raise these, and we would invite the neighbors and people at work and people at school to come over to our house and see a night-blooming cirrus. Nobody knew what it was, but it got their attention <laughs> to go over. And one time I measured one of the blooms that opened up somewhere between 12 and 14 inches. Great big thing. But it's so strange. It's just like it works on clockwork. It starts as soon as the sun goes down. Starts. You can almost watch it open. But by dawn, it's droop, drooping down dead. Now, here's the thought that I had as I was preparing this. If something that lasts so long, so short rather, God thinks is important enough to make it extra beautiful, then how much more would God have us to be beautiful as well as be, make us to where <clears throat> we are within the timing of God in our lives? Even though we have a much longer life, God has made us beautiful. God has an interest in the beauty of things, even though it may be short-lived, like a night-blooming cirrus. So the idea is... How much more would God care about you? That he would have you beautiful in the Lord. To show the glory of God. To be a demonstrator of the love of God. It's amazing. I'm not just created to look like Richard. You may not have figured that out yet. <laughs> I was created to look like Jesus. All right? aren't we all in Christ, that the world would see and observe our good works and glorify our Father in heaven? Amen. Didn't God create you to be beautiful in him? Amen. And so if God takes care of a flower that only lives a few hours with extreme beauty, how much more would he care for you? Now that's the point that Jesus was trying to get across here when he said, <coughs> consider the lilies of the field. So, like I said, I'm not just called to look like me or just to be like the old me that was born into this world. I am called to surrender myself 
I'm called to give my mind, the way that I think, the way that I approach life, to Jesus and allow his Holy Spirit to retrain me in, my, in the way that I think. Not approaching things. How many of you have recognized that you approach a lot of things too negatively? You worry too quickly. You pass judgment too quickly. Right? Instead of waiting, submitting to God and asking what the Lord would have you to think. Lord, how shall I approach this thing, this person? Lord, it looks like they are this way and this way and this way, and that turns me off. I don't like that. Well, wait a while. Look at the person and look at God at the same time. He'll more and more show you <clears throat> what it is to have a renewed mind, and all of a sudden you'll realize you have a lot less worry and sadness. Okay? Now, after Jesus had... <coughs> has diagnosed the problem that we have. We worry too much, worry about this. And he has given some logical medication to it. He applies the main heavenly prescription, which is seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You read about all these scriptures about worry, about not not viewing this or this, this is what God's doing over here, not this thing over here. Don't borrow trouble from tomorrow. Then his final remedy is seek first the kingdom of God. So in the book that we have been reading in uh, some of our groups, uh, The King and You, the Bob Mumford book, he says, quote, this new government... And he's talking about seeking the kingdom of God. God has a new government that is invading our lives with the purpose of conforming us into the image of Jesus the King. Are you becoming more like Jesus the King? Are your thoughts more and more like he would have thought? The only way to get there is to study his word. Submit yourself to the spirit of God and to change that he wants to bring. The king is within me. His rule and reign is within me. It's going on now. I'm not always the most obedient servant, but it's better than it used to be. Okay? The king is within me. His plans for me are deep within me. God's plans for you are deep within you. And his nature is within you. The incorruptible seed is within you. The king of the universe is in you and wants to show himself strong to you and through you. Think about it. Think about these things, you won't have any worry because <laughs> this is God's doing in us. There's only one thing that prevents all these things from coming forth and happening, my free will. I gotta want it. I gotta wanna get beyond the way the world has taught me to think and worry. And be sad. you got to want to get rid of that. Sometimes I want to do what I want to do. Sometimes I want to believe what I think is right, not what God says is right. All right? And so when he says, seek the kingdom of God, seek the rule and reign of God over this problem. Don't try to work it out yourself. Seek God's wisdom. And as you do, he will show you righteous things to do in the midst of it. So, <clears throat> I can't do it by myself. 
and don't think I haven't tried. <laughs> we probably all could say that. I need for his rule and reign and authority to take the place of my worry, fear, and anxiety. But again, and remember this, this is maybe the most important part, I have to ask for it and believe that he's working in me. Remember, see Jesus. We need to seek Jesus, talk, cry out to him, let him rule. All right? When I feel helpless, he's my help. Here's some exercises. Think this way. When I feel helpless, remember and believe he is my help. All right? When I feel inadequate for the problems of the now, he is my sufficiency. When I'm in darkness, he's the light. No matter of switching over my thinker. When I feel like I'm imprisoned by my negative emotions, he's the breaker down of walls. Think about that. He's trustworthy. When I'm hungry, he's the bread. When I'm unstable, he's the rock. When Satan attacks me, he is the commander of the armies of God. When I'm down and depressed, he's the lifter up of my soul. When I feel guilty for my sins, he is the great forgiver. When I don't know how to pray, he intercedes for me. When I feel rejected, he calls me his child. If his eye <coughs> is on the sparrow, then I know he's watching me. But I have to invite him. Now, I want to read to you something I, that came to mind this morning. And it's a the words of a song. I can't sing. I used to sing, believe it or not, but you wouldn't like it now if I tried. <laughs> so uh, I promised the Lord I'd never sing in church again. So, uh, but here's some, uh, something very interesting. I think uh, if you'll take to heart, it will be with you for the rest of the day. This happened about a little over 100 years ago. And a Canadian lady went to visit a lady friend of hers who was dying, only had a few days to live. The lady that went to visit was impressed with the positiveness that this lady who was dying had and how much she talked about the Lord. And so the lady that came to visit, who was a poet, decided, I'll go home and write some of this stuff down, and here's what it sounded like. <clears throat> Why should I feel discouraged? Why should the shadows come? Why should my heart be lonely and long for heaven and home? When Jesus is my portion, my constant friend is he, for his eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. Let not your heart be troubled, his tender word I hear, and resting on his goodness I lose my doubts and fears. Though by the path he leadeth, but one step I may see. 
for his eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. So I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free, for his eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. Whenever I am tempted, whenever clouds arise, when songs give place to sighing, when hope within me dies, I draw the closer to him. From care he sets me free, for his eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. I sing because I'm happy, and I sing because I'm free, for his eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. So let's pray that the Lord fill us with hope today. One of the words that was said in the prophetic words, I think, this morning was <clears throat> that God wants to send refreshment. How many of you would like a spiritual refreshment right now? How many of you are sick and tired of worrying about some of the same stuff over and over again that you don't have any way to change anyway, but it doesn't seem to <laughs> to lead? There's a lot of things to be worried about. We're worried about our nation, worried about our country, worried about the state of the church, the state of this or that or the other. But as we learn to seek the Lord and his righteousness and his right way of doing things and thinking things and praying what, and praying correctly, we change on the inside. God can take care of this world. I can't. And I gave up a long time ago. So let's pray. And I want each of you, if you're worried about something, if you're frustrated about something, I want you to give that to God. Now, I'll show you something that worked for me years ago. I'll have to set the microphone down to show you. But <clears throat> whenever I come into the presence of the Lord, I need to do something like this. Take my word. It's an act of your imagination. But boy, does it ever work. Okay, it's not a magic formula. It's just a way that you are expressing on the outside the way the Holy Spirit is leading you from the inside. You're turning your care. You're not taking anxious thoughts. You're not going to worry about this thing or that thing. You're going to understand that God is greater than your worry. Greater is he within you than he that's within the world. Greater is he as far as controlling your finances or blessing you than we could possibly be. God controls your future. Don't worry about tomorrow. Today's problems are sufficient. So let's kind of get in a prayer mode here. In the uh, Holy Spirit, we love you. We bless you. We ask, Father, for your goodness. We ask, Father, for your presence now to come and bring us refreshment, spiritual refreshment. Come, Holy Spirit. Now, to the best of your ability or your desire. Remember, I said this doesn't work unless you want it to. If you have things you want to turn over to God, things about your job that harass you, people that harass you, things that bug you, worries from of old, can even still have the woundings and the scars from damage that came your way a long time ago emotionally things back home things that somebody said to you a teacher in school a parent that didn't know any better a lot of receiving 
refreshment from God starts with us forgiving others. And although this is sort of a main theme with me, forgiveness is incredibly important in your Christian life. So Lord, place upon our hearts right now pictures and names of people that we may need to forgive. Whether it be spouse, a child, a brother, a sister, someone that we could have and should have loved and forgiven, but we didn't. We've carried it around, that burden. Maybe somebody at work, a boss, a teacher. Lord, right now, we release that person. We don't want to pay back anymore, Lord, because judgment is yours. So release that person. God will give you strength. And remember, forgiveness is not an emotion. It's a decision. Not an emotion. Not a feel good. Feel good usually comes later, but don't judge it. <clears throat> don't judge forgiving by feeling. Lord, I release this person. Lord, forgive this person. Release them. And Lord, I pray now that you begin to that you would begin to release your healing, your healing power upon us. Lord, we confess that we have been unstable. Unstable and not knowing what to do, when to do. So Lord, be my rock. Be our stability. Lord, where we've been down and depressed, lift up our souls. I pray, Father, speak hope. Hope is the positive expectation of good things. Expect good things from God right now. God is going to heal me. God is going to strengthen me. God is going to give me wisdom for this problem that has plagued me for a long time. Give that to God. Put it in... Put your hand in your heart. Take that sin or whatever it may be, that wounding, that hurt. And as Jesus would be standing in front of you, I want you to put it in his hand. And say, Lord, I can't handle this. So Heavenly Father, I give it to you. I release my own worry. I want my mind stayed upon you that I may be in perfect peace. Thank you, Lord. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, lifter of our souls. Come, forgiver. Come, interceder. You intercedes for us. Come and be our sufficiency. Be our light in dark places. Struggles, struggles, struggles. I hear that on the inside. Struggles, struggles, struggles. Many of us are struggling against something, and you're using your own willpower. Your willpower is good for zero in spiritual things. It's all God's power in you. So put your faith in him. His, even though I am weak, he is my strength. I'm not strong. I'm weak. But God in me is strong. And that makes me strong. 
in the Lord and in the power of his might. Where you have felt imprisoned for a long time with negative emotions, Jesus, I pray, begin to break down those walls. Break down the walls of despair. Break down the walls that keep you from rising and walking in the Lord. We thank you, Father, that your healing come, that your goodness come. And right now, Heavenly Father, I just ask for the love of the Father, come down. Come down. Open up your heart. Release your will to God. Father, let us experience your love this morning as never before. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Open up, open your mind, open your heart, open your will, open your desires. Give those to God. He wants to show you a deeper, a deeper walk in Him. Thank you, Lord. Come, Lord Jesus. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen to the New Covenant Fellowship podcast. We want to connect with you. You can visit us online at ncfokc.org for more information about our church. If God spoke to you and you'd like prayer, please text us at 405-518-5164 and we will get back with you. God bless and have a great day.